Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's time for the playoffs. It's time to decide who's going to Vegas. Will it be Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo coming out of the AFC? Is it going to be San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit even coming out of the NFC? Pick your two conference champions, parlay it, and remember, get your 50% welcome bonus on that first parlay using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, when you use the link in the description to this episode at BetOnline Sportsbook. Bet online where the game starts. Also, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, and I have a hot take. I want to run this by you. But I think that any combination of teams can meet the 49ers in the NFC divisional round. I think that that conference is wide open and all of the matchups, I think, are very winnable by each and every team. What are your thoughts on that? So when you say get to the divisional round, you're saying that there's a chance a seven could beat a two, a six could beat a three, a five could beat a four. Absolutely. Any combination. Absolutely. Any combination, including the NFC South actually winning their home game in the first round. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, I would not go as far as to say that the Green Bay Packers or Seattle Seahawks will beat the Dallas Cowboys. I feel pretty good that the NFC playoff picture is San Francisco one, Dallas two, everybody else kind of mixed together and matchup dependent. Um, but I definitely agree with you with the with the NFC South team, likely the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are probably going to be favored on the point spread in a road game at Tampa Bay. But for about three weeks there in December, Tampa Bay had the best offense in the NFL. And obviously they laid an egg against the Saints. And we know that an offense led by Baker Mayfield and led by Rashad White, who has been a very good running back this year, but is also playing behind a relatively healthy offensive line. It's not the offensive line Tom Brady had during the Super Bowl season, but a relatively healthy offensive line that can be stopped in the Eagles defense. It's obviously not the team to do that. But yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And <laughs> and since it looks like the NFC playoffs are most likely going to be five Eagles versus four Bucks, six Rams versus three Lions. I mean, that game's a total coin toss as well. If you want to make the argument for Green Bay or Seattle, going into Dallas and potentially beating Dallas, I could hear out the conversation there. That's the one that I think is is a spicy take on your part. The idea that a seven could beat the two in the NFC, especially given that seven seeds since the NFL moved to the new playoff format are 0-6 against the two seeds. Okay, well, let's start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, if you are an Eagles fan, you are rooting for the Carolina Panthers this week to potentially knock out the Buccaneers and allow the Saints to get in because the Saints, they're not great on offense. They're discombobulated. Dennis Allen, he seems to be on his last leg. So you want to face the Saints because the Buccaneers, as you mentioned, they have playmakers that can be problematic to that soft 29th ranked in scoring defense philadelphia team because they are just getting cooked by everyone including the arizona cardinals this past week so yeah philadelphia they don't want to see the bucks they don't want to see mike evans rashad white chris godwin baker now that he's hot again 
that's an offense they don't match up well against. And I know that they played earlier in the year, but that's a different Tampa Bay Buccaneers team than they faced early on. And that's a different Philadelphia team than the Bucs face early on. They are in two different directions. We know what's going on with Desai, their defensive coordinator getting demoted, enter Matt Patricia. There's a lot of problems going on with Philadelphia right now. But the two versus seven, as you mentioned, that is where we do have a little bit of a disagreement. You are more firm on the Cowboys being able to advance in that game. I'm not because like the Cowboys, I don't know. There's just a little bit of doubt. There's that cloud of doubt as far as their ability to beat other competitive teams. And when I look at that 17 matchup, so you mentioned again, it could be Seattle. It could be Green Bay, uh, Seattle. We saw that matchup a few weeks ago and it was a slugfest, a shootout. It took everything that the Cowboys could muster on offense. It took an MVP level performance by Dak on Thursday night to get them that win because Gino was just going up and down the field with them. In fact, the fact that he like, took the ball out of his hands later in that game and stopped throwing to DK Metcalf might have been Seattle's ultimate undoing in that one because DK was having the game of games. Uh, Deron Bland, the cornerback, was just getting roasted, just cooked alive in that one. Like barbecue chicken, that was Deron Bland against DK Metcalf. So Seattle, I think... They can beat the Cowboys. They showed they could beat the Cowboys based on how close that game was. The Packers, now I didn't expect to talk about the Packers this way, but as we kind of go towards the tail end of the season and look at this Packers team, they beat the heck out of the Detroit Lions a few weeks ago. Let's not forget about that on Thanksgiving Day, right? Jordan Love just went crazy in that game. Jordan Love is really peaking at the right time. In fact, he is third in the league in passing touchdowns this year. And Jordan Love, is it crazy to say that the Packers might have actually found their guy after all? Because I really like what I'm starting to see out of him. And if you told me that he could also, in a similar way to what we saw with the Seahawks, uh, torch this Cowboys secondary, be able to put up points against the Cowboys defense, I believe you. And they're good enough defensively. They're getting healthy in that unit as well. I know that Joe Barry, their defense coordinator, has been much maligned, especially by Packers fans. But if he could put up a decent enough game plan to potentially stop that Cowboys offense, I think they have the pieces offensively to beat the Cowboys in a potential seven versus two matchup. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that there is matchups exploitable in that game that I'm not so sure that the Cowboys are just going to be walking into your average two versus seven matchup. It's interesting that you brought up the Packers there uh, after the Seahawks because Jordan Love this season has thrown for 3,800 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Through the same number of games last year, Geno Smith, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And Geno Smith made a Pro Bowl in the NFC last year. Granted, it was a much weaker NFC, but Geno Smith did in fact make a Pro Bowl in the NFC. Jordan Love is putting up above average quarterback numbers for the Green Bay Packers. I said the Packers were the most 7 and 10 team that we could envision this season, like they were just giving off total 7 and 10 energy and they've outperformed my expectations. Granted, they're like 3 and 0 in primetime games, but other than that, they have been absolutely remarkable when it comes to getting this ship to around with the quarterback and that offense and Jordan Love deserves another season. I'm not sure if I'm signing up for a four-year, $40 million contract for Jordan Love, but Jordan Love's earned another season as the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at these wide receivers, you know, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson didn't even play last week against Minnesota, and Minnesota's defense actually turned it around this year. So putting up points against Minnesota's defense is actually not something to downplay. Uh, Their offensive line has looked good. They have the pieces. Like, let's say if I told you they take Micah Parsons out of that game against the Cowboys, then you're looking at that one and you're like, damn, could this potentially be like three points in the fourth quarter? Like could swing either way. And I don't know. Call me crazy, but I'm sure the Cowboys fans, Cowboys players that were around during the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers era might like look at that matchup in the playoffs and just have the ghost of matchups past come up to like potentially bite them in the ass there. And, you know, if you told me in a, game managing situation uh mike mccarthy does something stupid in a close game in the playoffs i would say that that's not not just a possible outcome it's almost a likely one based off the last two matchups against the 49ers so yeah i don't know that that game has gotten a lot more interesting as time has went on now the matchup we haven't really talked about here is the rams versus lions also too i should say because the rams could in theory slide to the seventh seed I think the Rams team that lost to the Cowboys earlier this year is not the same Rams team that would be playing them in the playoffs if they drop to the seventh seed. The Rams also could give the Lions fit, so the Lions are not a lock to move on to the next round. And we know the storyline there, of course, if it is Lions versus Rams, is Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit for the first ever Lions home game. Uh, Again, people put it out there on Twitter, but the NFL script writers are cooking. So, yeah, I mean, Lions versus Rams, that seems like the likely matchup right now based off the Niners sitting all their players. The Rams are probably going to win week 18. What do you think of that matchup? So for the Rams and Lions, I think it's interesting because the Rams defense has been uh, a, a total mirage this season. Like they go from having these great defensive games to looking like they can't defend anyone. They're ranked like 20th in team defense this year. And so I don't know what to make of the Rams going up against the Lions. Like the way the formula for beating the Lions is to get pressure on the quarterback because Jared Goff ends up making the mistakes that end up costing him the game. Because other than that, the Lions offense is incredibly efficient and incredibly good at moving up and down the field. I mean, we saw that in part against uh, Chicago a few weeks ago. And then in the Dallas game, I mean, Jared Goff had one of his worst performances of the season, despite the fact that Micah Parsons was essentially taken out of that game. Granted, the reason Micah Parsons was taken out of that game is because the Lions have not just the best PFF graded offensive lineman in the NFL, the best PFF graded offensive lineman who happens to play right tackle for their team in Panay Sewell. And so that's the side of the field that Micah Parsons was rushing on. And Panay Sewell is just an absolute freak on the right side of the offensive line. Turned out they might have ended up making the right pick of Panay Sewell, despite the fact that Micah Parsons was on the board at the pick that the Lions took Panay Sewell. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about that in <laughs> hindsight. I mean, given their offense and given that Jared Goff is not known for his mobility, I think, yeah, Panay Sewell was the right choice. You, you got to protect the statue that is Jared Goff in the pocket and allow him to pick people apart but something you mentioned you mentioned the Rams defense but the Rams offense uh they can be very hard to beat for the this Lions team because uh the first off Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup could just pick you apart all day on the outside and then Kyron Williams what a phenomenal draft pick by the Rams this year this guy is just a bully inside he's like a bowling ball every time he goes in between the tackles and I I think that 
the Lions, you know, they they know this would have to turn into a shootout almost because I think there, there's very little chance that they have in stopping the Rams offense. And unfortunately, that is like a problematic flaw for the Lions as they try and go, go through these playoffs. Even if they get past the Rams, just in general, that defense is just not a unit that will play well. And, you know, the Rams, uh, they obviously are run off a of Kyle Shanahan base system. So a lot of play action. The Lions are the worst ranked team in the NFL against play action. So things are not looking well in that matchup for them. So since the Rams lost to Green Bay Packers on November 5th, and they fell to three and five, they scored three points in that game. The offense looked broken. Cooper Cup was just coming back from injury around that point. Since then, they scored after the bye week because they went on bye and the, and they were kind of getting everything together. They went 17 points in a win against the Seahawks, 37 points against the Colonels, 36 points against Cleveland, the number two defense in the NFL, 31 points against the Ravens. They lost that game in overtime, but still scored 31 points, 28 against the Commanders, 30 against the Saints, 26 against the Giants. The Rams offense has been legitimately one of the best in the NFL, despite the fact that the rest of the league has decided that the important thing to do is to hold time of possession and to sit on the ball. And that's the best strategy is to limit the number of plays because it creates less variable. The Rams are one of the two teams in the NFL that are 500 this season that have been outgained in time of possession this year. The Rams are going counter to the trends of the NFL. And you can do that when you have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, a Offensive line that has gotten stronger from two years ago. That's the best I can say. Like they're not, I. They're, it's not ideal, but the offensive line has gotten stronger than it was after Andrew Whitworth retired and Joe Noteboom left. They they finally got it together, and then of course Kyron Williams, who's probably going to be a first round pick in fantasy football leagues next year, has finally finally filled the void of running backs that the Rams need. There is no question that this is a great offense that the Rams run, and it's almost like oh hey. Sean McVay, a Hall of Fame head coach by the age of 38, was going to eventually figure out that offense. And he did it with late round picks like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Eventually, it took him two years. People were starting to question the genius. People like you were starting to question the genius on Sean McVay. And it took him two years to once again completely reinvent himself and reinvent the offense that they run. Uh, and the problem for the Lions, they have no second corner. Like they, they have Cam Sutton and he's been fine. He'll cover probably Puka Nakua or, or Cooper Cup or they'll rotate to, to double team, but they literally do not have a second corner. They benched their second corner after the Bears game. They benched their third corner after the, the game uh, before. I forgot who they played before the Cowboys, but they benched him before the Cowboys game for their fourth cornerback, who is an undrafted rookie who got absolutely cooked by C.D. Lamb against the Cowboys. So that's going to work out great for the Los Angeles Rams offense. And and that doesn't mean they're going to win the game. Matthew Stafford still has to avoid doing the Matthew Stafford pick six thing that he does every now and again. But other than that, they, they absolutely should be able to put up 30 points on this Detroit Lions defense. And if they don't put up 30 points, it's because they're going to strategically try and hold the ball because they have a lead against Detroit. I think you're absolutely right about the plus side of the Rams offense going up against the Lions. So if you had to rank those three teams that are still in that mix, uh, Seahawks, Rams, Packers, in terms of toughness, toughness of matchup, how would you put them? As a blanket statement, I would go Rams, Packers, Seahawks. But if I'm doing a Cowboy-specific matchup, 
I would go Packers, Rams, Seahawks. I think the Packers pose the toughest challenge for Dallas. And that's specifically for this reason, is that the Dallas Cowboys this year have the highest percentage of their offensive yards gained and uh, highest percentage of plays run through a singular offensive player. C.D. Lamb accounts for 20% of the Cowboys offense this year, which is higher than Tariq Hill with the Dolphins, which is higher than A.J. Brown with the Eagles, any player in the league. They, the highest percentage of their offense through a single player is C.D. Lamb with the Dallas Cowboys. And the thing that made it easy for the Cowboys to move up and down the field on Detroit before they almost pissed the game away, but they were pretty much controlling that game the entire way. The thing that helped them was the Lions did not have a corner or a that could slow down C.D. Lamb, even when they were double covering, it didn't make a difference. There was one play where they blitzed with six, a linebacker got untouched through the middle, lit up Dak Prescott, and Dak was still able to complete the pass to C.D. Lamb. Like, they executed perfect defensive blitz, and the Cowboys still converted a third and ten to C.D. Lamb. There was just nothing the Lions could do defensively to counter the Cowboys and C.D. Lamb. The Packers do have that option. It's Jair Alexander, it's Darnell Savage, it might even be Jonathan Owen, depending on how they mix and match that safety tandem with the two high safeties. They can limit CeeDee Lamb, and if you can limit CeeDee Lamb, you can slow down the Cowboy offense, and that's going to be the way that you go on the road and beat Dallas in a playoff game. So for a Dallas-specific match, I think the Packers are scarier than the Rams, but just as a broad blanket statement, the Rams, if you took the six units of offense and defense for the Rams, Packers, and Seahawks, the Rams have the best unit on the field, and that's their offense. And so that's usually the sign of which team has the best chance of pulling off a playoff upset. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the Cowboys are rooting for Sam Darnold this weekend. Yes, or they're rooting for Justin Fields and Equinemius St. Brown to eliminate the Packers altogether. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. But, you know, I always downplay the Bears. But guys, what do you think in the comments section below? Do you think that the NFC Super Wildcard Weekend is a wide open picture? Will truly be our wildest wildcard weekend we've seen since the expansion. We'd like to hear your thoughts. Leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social medias. From Juju and Kyle, stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.